to a very, very special edition of Crown Conversations with a very special guest. Joining me today is Patrick, who writes and records for uh, Sister SBN, Habs Eyes on the Prize, and he is our man in Europe. Patrick, thanks for joining me today. Ah, thank you for hosting me. It's a pleasure this Super Bowl Sunday. I'm sure you're on your way to a party after this. <laughs> Unfortunately, probably. I don't. I don't like football. <laughs> but you like I the party, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I guess I should go because somebody was nice enough to invite me to a party. But maybe I'll cancel. <laughs> I'll be that a hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so man in Europe, specifically Sweden. Uh, there are three specific people that I would. Well, actually, I want to ask you a little bit too about Adrian Kempe, but. All right. But he's already in the NHL, so more focused, what we're going to focus on today is Fagamo, Bjornfoot, and uh, Movarare. So, um, let's start with Fagamo, because he had the most amazing World Juniors for Sweden. Ah, you can argue that, yeah. I I think Victor Söderström stood out more, but I think everyone had high expectations on Söderström, so... For, for Fagamo, it was more of a revelation to the average fan. I live very close to Gothenburg. I follow Frölunda very close. So for me, it's not really that surprising. I think the surprising thing for us here in Sweden was the step he took last year. And, uh, that, that was something that we hadn't foreseen. I think there were a couple of other players in, in Frölunda's organization that we thought would take that step, but Fagamo wasn't really on the on the radar for it. Uh, he's become a public uh, a fan favorite. Um, he's out, I mean, he's not, not outspoken. He's a very low key person, but he lets his hockey talk and, and he takes time with the fans after. So everyone is, is really keen, but his shot is, is fantastic. Um, he can shoot uh, in the stride. He, he looks for cover. Uh, to screen the goalie if there's no one from his own team in front. He tries to get the defender in front. He, he has the hockey mind. And I've spoken to, to Roger Runberg, the coach of Fernanda, quite a few years now. And, and I actually did a pod with him only as, uh, last summer and, and to get his ideas on how to develop players. And I think he always looks for players that are smart and Attacking-wise, I think Fagamo really, really is smart. And he's getting to that really progression where he's very smart in his own end as well. It helped for him to, to play with someone like 
another Californian, Ryan Lash, that is up there in points every year in SHL, every year in Champions Hockey League. Uh, he, he has a vision that really fits the European rink, and he's a bit smaller, so he's never really made it into an NHL rink. But Ryan has that vision, and 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 he doesn't have the sh he has a good shot, but he doesn't have Fargamo's shot, so he's always lining up passes to Fargamo. And uh, previously, he lined up uh, passes to Andreas Johnson in Toronto and Arthur Lecon in Montreal. So Fargamo is in a good position to to take that last step and be ready for for NHL. Is it true that Swedes by nature are pretty low key? Um, yeah, maybe with me, uh, I'm, I'm the exception, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I mean, like we, we try to be, everyone wants to be average. We have this law called the Yanta law that, uh, if you are, uh, sticking out in any way, you're doing something wrong and you get picked for it. And, uh, so everyone tries just to be boring, normal, sweet, oh, you know, like the vegetable. <laughs> Well, because you said Fagamo was really low key, and I, I, I was uh, somebody had mentioned a while back on Twitter. It's like, oh yeah, Swedes by nature—they're just very low key people. Yeah, you, you 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 focus on what you have to do, and you try not to get entangled in in anything that can be distracting from from that end. Uh, and uh, I think that's just yeah, that's our nature. And when it's as cold as this in winter, you know, you, you try to avoid speaking because you don't want to lose extra energy. But doesn't speaking give you extra energy? Oh, maybe that's just me. <laughs> ah, it gives me as well. And that's why I'm a teacher on, in my day job. But I think for, for many of us, it's more like, you know, you, you, you brought up in this uh, Lutheranian uh, Protestant uh, mentality where, you know, you just do your job and, and everything will be a good in the end, and and it still carries through, even if we're probably the most secular country in the world. But but yeah, it's everyone is try to low key. You don't get these political discussions. You don't get the religious for obvious reasons, since we're very secular. And and yeah, so so we tend to be low key, and there's pros and cons with that. And and uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, back to hockey, I guess. Um, it is a fascinating insight, though, into the Swedish culture. Um, for obviously, you're not with the LA Kings, so you don't know exactly kind of what's happening on our side of the pond. But just in terms of what you've seen in like development, in I, well, he was just drafted this summer, so just from last year, and then he was drafted over the summer to we're in February now, like. What have you seen in terms of uh, Fagamo's growth? I think last year he was an offensive dynamo. This year he takes the responsibility in his own end as well. He's become more complete. That's what I want to say. He he, he has the offensive upside still. I'm 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 not going to say anything negative about that. But on the other hand, he's become better in his own zone. He reads the game better in his own end. He 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 is not the guy that is on the blue line and trying to, to counterattack. He is doing his, his a, a very due diligence in his own end. And otherwise he would not be playing because Roger Runberg would hate someone that didn't play 
uh, a 200 foot game and, and is only good in one end of the of the rink and uh, i think this will benefit la kings long term because you want players like that even if and he is a little bit on the small side so you want him to to be able to read the game and interrupt passes and maybe not do the big body checks but but you want him to compete in other ways in his own end and and especially not make mistakes in his own end yeah that the limitations it's boring swedish but but it works you know <laughs> hey it worked for the detroit red wings for like 20 years not going to argue against that <laughs> Yeah, they they uh, drafted and signed all the Swedes, and I was like, oh, well, maybe they're on to something. It only took, you know, like 30 years for the rest of the league to catch on, and they're like, oh. <laughs> it helps when you have probably the best defender of a generation in there as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that Nicholas Lidstrom guy. I heard he's pretty good. Yeah, he's a very <laughs> nice guy as well. I've, I met him a few times, and uh, yeah, he is Mr. Perfect. <laughs> oh man very a very different contrast from Gretzky I've never met Gretzky or Lidstrom it's just the the culture and 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 kind of how the guys were those those guys were kind of raised you know one being the Canadian nice guy and then the bland boring Swedish guy it's just very very interesting to me <laughs> uh, Nicholas told me um Last summer I met him and, and he told me that when he came to Detroit, he, he had played with number nine in Westeros and, and they asked which number he wanted and, and he said, you know, I played with number nine, can I have that? And, and the, the janitor took him out to the ice and pointed up in the rafters and said, you know, it's taking forever. <laughs> so, so he has made a few mistakes, but they're not on the ice really. <laughs> well, as long as I guess they're not on the ice, then... Mm -hmm then I guess he can retain his title as Mr. Perfect. Um, so just kind of in your opinion, what's left for Fagamo in order to make that jump to uh, American, American ice? I think first and foremost for me, and this is a European perspective and something that I'm actually maybe a little bit too keen on is that, a smart player has no problem adjusting to the ice. It goes a little bit faster, but it takes a few games and you give them a few games, they're gonna adapt quite fast. Uh, it's not like we send every um, North American over here to the Romanian league for two years to, to learn the ice or, or, or something like that. But um, you give them the chance and they will adapt and it will go quite fast. We saw that with you know Canada in, in the Saki Olympics as well. They adjusted very fast to the ice and they, they won the tournament. So, so sometimes I think the ice size is, is made too much of a um, thing for players to come over. But, but with Fargamo, he is a good skater, but you can always, when you're small, benefit from it being an even better skater. And I think that's what he needs to do. It, there's always a lot to talk about building up muscle, but look at, um, our former draft pick or our draft pick, Jesper Kotkaniemi, that was just sent down after a year and a sophomore slump this year uh, to to a Laval Rocket because he built up almost 20 pounds of muscle this summer, but he didn't 
he didn't build them up in the right way. He he put them on the on the upper body, but he probably should have put it on the on the legs and, and hips and sort out his balance. And maybe ten kilo, ten ten pounds would have been enough in that case. So for Fargamo to work with a great skating coach, which I know they have uh, in Frölunda, Frölunda provides one for their players, um, and and actually get even better traction. I think that's what's necessary. The game is going faster in, in NHL anyway with, with that fantastic North American under-23 team paving the way really for, for a speed revolution. And I think Fargamo will, will sort that out very, very well. Uh, get the balance, get the skating a little bit faster, and I think he, he'll be there. Um, you bring up something that's really interesting. Uh, you know, the the whole size of the ice thing is probably severely overblown. And it's at least for a good player, as you say. And it's, you know, they, they're able to make the adjustment. And I bring this up because early in the season, like very, very early, back in October, when the season finally started, it was a long off season. Um, <laughs> for you as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Bjornfoot, he started with the Kings and then they sent him to the AHL, to their minor league team in Ontario, California. And one of the reasons that a, a journalist or I guess a pundit or whatever you want to call him, um, one person said that, oh, well, you know, Bjornfoot needs time to adjust to the North American game. And I was like, I don't, I mean, he seemed okay. His first game was playing against Connor McDavid. Talk about throwing someone in the deep end of the pool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's also what pundits say when they don't know the reason. They go with something that has been there forever. But let's face it, these young guys that, you know, they've flown over the Atlantic five times already, played on small ice. They, we got hybrid ice, uh, not as much in Sweden, but in Finland and, and Russia, they have a lot of hybrid ice. I think the Czech Republic has as well. Uh, they're, they're talking about slimming down the size of the rink, getting more seats in, which is obviously interesting for a lot of parties. But uh, I think that in the 70s, yeah, in the 80s, fine. But, but 90s, probably even at that point. But after that, with transatlantic flights and everything going on and NHL clubs being more invested in their youth and bringing them over for development camp and so on, I, I can't see that it is a problem anymore. It's, it's something that lives on in, as a myth, but then it would be a problem the other way around and, and it would be diff more difficult for a defender to go to Europe. And, and actually I've heard uh, a few Canadian and, and American defenders say that it takes a couple of games because you can be drawn out of position in Europe much more easier because the corner is further away. And if you go too deep, you're going to lose a spot somewhere between the net and the corner. And, and that's an open ice where, where a player like Fogamo would like to stand and, and, and hit the net. So I think it, it's get overblown, especially for, for, for defenders when you go that way. But Let's, let's face it also, Bjornfoot didn't play many games in SHL last year. It's his first pro season in many ways. And I think that is probably what's caught up with him. And that's what he needs to build on. And, and I think it's a smart way. 
to, to develop him in AHL and give him that chance. They know that he's more or less ready for NHL. Give him a chance to, 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 to really work it, see with the young kids in, in your organization and they play together, become a team, a lot like the Marlies were a couple of years ago. But also, let's face it, you don't want a successful team this year. It's, I mean, Bjornfeldt wouldn't, let's say he, he gets LA Kings like what? Maybe five, 10 points over, over extra over a season. That could be win or lose the draft lottery. And, and with a reset that a few teams, Los Angeles among them, um, are in, you don't want to take that risk. You want to end up top three this year. It's as easy as that. You want to end up top one, but, but preferably top three because the draft is deep. And look, look at some of the names. You got Raymond as, as uh, fifth. You got Stutzel is, is, is around that area as well. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a very, very deep draft and maybe not as deep as last year, but the top end is going to be better. You know, that's a really interesting point. Um, I hadn't realized that he never, that Bjornfoot had not ever played um, pro before he was drafted in the NHL. So it speaks a lot to the belief that the Kings have in him as a player of, of how they want to develop him within their system and that they, they decided that ultimately what's best for his career with the NHL and with the Kings is probably just to stay close to home. Uh, well, close to LA's home, obviously, um, in, in the sense that it's easier to make minor adjustments within his game to say, okay, I see what you're doing on in this game. You know, you can go over video a lot more easily, whereas it's a lot different, obviously, if he was still playing over in Sweden. I, I don't know that either, because as an LA King representative, you would go up in the morning, you would be in your office and you, and you watch him play, you know, nine o'clock in the morning and you call him after the game and tell him what, what you thought was wrong. And you Gordon has a really, really good organization. So it wouldn't surprise me. On top of that, uh, Christian Ruta is the Finnish guy. Uh, for Europe and, and Niklas Andersson is, is a, the Swedish guy for Europe. So, so and, and they are all both former NHL players. Niklas with limited success, obviously. But, I mean, today, it's, it's not the 70s anymore. <laughs> Even if you have that 70 line, but, but, uh, or had when I was in, in LA anyway. But um, you, the telecommunications, emails, videos, it's, it's, it's not difficult to get a, a stream to game uh, anymore for, for any organization or a DVD and like a couple of hours late to watch it. It's, it's yeah, no, I, I don't buy it. I think they're very smart. I'm not going to argue that. But if they, like, he could have developed easily in the same situation in Sweden, probably played more minutes and Let's be honest. I'm going to say the SHL is better than AHL <laughs> nine no, I, times out of ten. <laughs> no, well, I agree with you that um, SHL is better than AHL because the American League is obviously a development league. It's a feeder league. So they put very little effort into, into winning as opposed to playing the game the quote-unquote right way. 
But what I meant by it would be easier to make adjustments within his game is that there is definitely something to be said about being able to see somebody face to face. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. obviously I see that, but you can also say like there are two uh, players in, in LA Kings organization in front of her right now. And one of them asked to stay. So, so, you know, there, I, I think it's a bit of unknown because obviously Niklas Anderson and Christian Rutte played for Frelunda in, in their active career. Niklas Anderson has his jersey in the rafters in, in, in Frelunda. So, so it's not that. But I think Jürgen is on the way up. They're building a whole new um, structure around the team. It's a very good team. Uh, they're going to challenge for the cup. They were in the final last year. Uh, so I'm not saying... I'm saying that it's a good organization, but it's a little bit unknown. It's a little bit like Rögle has been on, on, on the rise for a couple of years as well. And uh, even so, with the new organization in there, uh, both Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligan was brought over by, to, by Toronto Maple, uh, Maple Leafs to, to their organization because they weren't sure what are happening in Rugla. And I think this is what's going through. They know what they're getting in Frelunda. They Other teams know what they're getting in Yugoslavia, and other teams know what they're getting in Coleftio. It's fine. Uh, and, and obviously, since he's a first-round pick, LA Kings has clips, even if he has a valid contract in Europe. That is the main thing. And, and I understand LA Kings. I, I really do. So I'm not saying it's negative. The good thing is that he shouldn't be flying over the Atlantic a couple of times a year. Uh, now he's there. He's learning to live uh, in, in California. It's not a tough life, especially not if you're a <laughs> hockey player or a pro, line, pro, pro player in any sport, I guess. But you, you, it, it is a difference to, to move abroad, especially at a young age. Uh, I'm not sure if he has his mom or dad with him, but you know, you've got to learn uh, to pay the bills in another way. You have to learn to drive in another way, et cetera, et cetera. There are so many things you don't think about. I moved to England when I was 35 and, and it took me a year almost to just to, to, to that situation. And that's, you know, an hour and a half flight for, from, from Sweden. And you think of it as Europe and, and we're all the same and it's not. So, so I think that's where I think LA King did the right move. Get adjusted to the American style of life. It's not on the ice. <laughs> sure, you can make adjustments and stuff closer to but it's also get used to this life because you're going to be here for a long time. So it's not on the ice, it's off the ice. That's the uh, adjustment part. Yeah, I think so. I think that's much tougher. Well, at least he doesn't have to learn to drive a different way in the snow and slush and everything. People drive like crap anyway here. So. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't go very fast either because it's like, you know, a log jam every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Especially, well, where he's at, it's, it's, well, no, even where he's at, there's still a crap load of traffic, especially getting to the rink uh, before game days. Cause around starting, so around three o'clock in the afternoon, that's when all the traffic starts gathering. And then between three and like seven 30, it's just, you don't go anywhere fast, <laughs> but you know, he, he doesn't have to contend with, uh, bad weather. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, let's face it. You have the best, best tacos in the world. I haven't <laughs> been to Mexico, but you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, the taco trucks are the best. Uh, but also I think, you know, it's, 
I think this might be an evaluation of, of Bjornfot in other ways. Um, obviously, I spoke with Robert Olson, the coach of Jurgård, and like last year before the finals, and and I spoke with him this year when when they visited Gothenburg uh, for a game, and and obviously Bjornfot was brought up, and he is sky high on Bjornfot in many ways, but especially as a leader, and I think. Um, that's probably what, what LA is looking for. Is this our future captain? Is this a future assistant captain? Um, it's, it's, it's that what you're looking for. Can he adjust? Can he take this Ontario uh, uh, Rain team and, and lead it? And, and that is probably another thing that you're looking at. But we were a little bit surprised here that he wasn't part of the leadership team. And, in, in Sweden's under 20, he led the AI under 18s phenomenally last um, fall, uh, spring uh, to a gold medal. And at home with a lot of pressure, uh, facing Russia in the final, played, it, it felt like he played every minute of that game. Uh, but, but he leads from the front and, and he's a, he, he leads the way in a very, very good way. And I think, um, it's another evaluation that, that, that probably uh, the Kings has uh, and looks at. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because that was going to be um, my next thing is this, this quote that you, you sent me back in October, pre-draft Coach Olsen about Bjornfoot. A leader, strong leadership qualities. He is a strong player at, with and without the puck. Typical Swedish defender with the exception that that he has that physical edge to his game. He isn't always the most spectacular player on the ice. He is satisfied to hit the player with speed rather than to, a, to make a spectacular play. Sometimes the most diff difficult thing to do is the simple things right, but for Bjornfoot, he's happy just to do that. He makes others shine rather than making himself shine. Typical yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think... I think that puts puts everything in perspective, and this is a coach that has worked with him for let me check here, yeah, a couple of years uh, in Ugod, and, and and I think yeah, this this is I'm surprised that he didn't go earlier. I'll be honest with that. Uh, <laughs> so so I'm, I'm I'm I think LA Kings got a really really good player in there. So what does it mean to be a typical Swedish defender? I think um, the, fun, the funny thing is that before that Olympics in Turin, where or Torino, where where Sweden won gold and Niklas Lidström scored the winning goal uh, on on a three on three play with, uh, or if it was four on four, I don't know. Koivu broke the, the his stick in the in the face off, and Forsbergens and Dean gave the pack to puck to to. Uh, Lidstrom who smashed it in and, and brilliant goal and before that Lidstrom was a little bit unknown in Sweden he hadn't succeeded in the national team and, and to become great in Sweden in hockey you have to succeed with the national team he won the Olympic gold in front of everyone he scored the winning goal and after that everyone has wanted to become a defender much in the mold of Lidstrom Lidstrom had possibly a better game uh, overall as well but but uh, when, when you think of a typical Swedish defender, you think of a mix between Lidstrom and Carlson. And I think that's what, what 
Olson is saying as well. He's more of a Lindstrom kind of player. Um, not as good shot, but he makes others shine. He makes others better. And uh, But he's not that offensive dynamo that Eric Carlson can be. I mean, like sometimes I think you could play Eric Carlson on the wing and he would, would play fantastic there as well. The Sharks suck, so I would love to see that. You know, just we're throwing things at the wall. See if he can make the playoffs. Why not? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's talk about Moverari because you brought him up a little – well, you, you referred to him uh, uh, a little bit earlier. Um, so the Kings opted to keep him in Sweden for one more year. He's only 22, so he's not, like, old. Uh, I was, I, but I feel like he's been with the Kings – for a very long time, or at least uh, he was drafted by them like forever ago. But I was, so I was a little bit surprised. I was like, oh, he's only 22. Um, but the Kings have decided that their best thing, the best thing for Moverari's development for the time being is that one more year in Sweden. And is that just because, as you said earlier, um, you know, everybody kind of knows what's happening with that team and there's not a lot of surprises? Nah, um, first and foremost, Frona is probably the best team uh, in Europe right now. And by that, I mean outside KHL, because Seska uh, and, and the SKA uh, from Moscow and St. Petersburg, respectively, would beat the crap out of them. Uh, oh, I said crap. Am I allowed to say that? Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but but in, in continental Europe, um, from this the best they're in the semi they're in the final for the champions hockey league again fifth time in six years they got three titles already playing the final on tuesday um so so it's a known thing from us objective is to be the team closest to nhl this is the team you go to and then you go to nhl that's their philosophy they're not there yet but they're working to get that and i think it's a great goal to have for a european club uh, but the fact is, Movera came to Sweden, and I've spoken a lot with him. He's fantastic, happy guy, and 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 really great to talk to. Uh, gives quotes that sometimes you don't think he actually meant it, but he does. Uh, but he came in with a very very low confidence, and the first thing they had to do was work on his on his confidence. And I think Runberg said it, uh, Movera told me himself that Runberg took him aside and said, hey, you're great at practices. Why aren't you great at, at in, in games? And he said, I don't know why. And Runberg just went, you know, you're in school. You study hard. You don't have to be nervous for the test because you've studied hard. You practice hard with us. You don't have to be nervous for the games because you practiced hard. And that sort of clicked for Jacob. And, and he turned the whole season around and with confidence, I think I, I know I sent the tweet out uh, where he's in the Gretzky position and just um, behind the net and, and puts the puck to a forward that, that roofs it. And it's, it's, it's a great goal. And, and I, I joked with him, you know, your confidence is back. And he said, yeah, it is. And, and you find yourself, you know, do, doing Gretzky things. Yeah, that, that just happened. But, <laughs> but he, he, he is there. And obviously the strides that LA King saw him do last year because he took a lot of strides. He came in and he was probably sixth, seventh defender in Fralanda. And at the end of the season, he was top three. 
so that's a huge step forward. Of course, if you see that a player is progressing uh, at that pace, you're going to keep him there unless you think that he's ready for NHL. And he's not ready for NHL. He might be after this season. It wouldn't surprise me. But, but he is there. And obviously, again, you don't bring him over. Fine. Because you, you sort of want to have that chance for the top pick. So, so you, you, you have him there. You know it's a, commi- commi- like it's a commitment. It also, you know, as I said, LA King scout Nicholas Anderson. He played 10 years in Fredlanda. His, his jersey is in the rafters. It was retired last season. You know, it's, they know Fredlanda. So it's fine. It's not a problem. So I think this is something that in, builds confidence as well for, for the Los Angeles Kings. I am surprised because I was a bit worried when, when Movera came over. Uh, because obviously you have Dalene came coming out of Fredlanda and everyone looks at him and says, oh yeah, but he was a self-playing piano. The fact is that Philip Vestelund was drafted 15th and, uh, by Arizona and he didn't work out in Fredlanda. He didn't get, he, he didn't feel confidence. He, he, he lost his confidence in, in so many different ways that uh, it was very difficult for him and Right now, he's playing Hockey Allsanskan, which is the second division in Sweden. Thanks to, to, to that. So I was worried. I, I actually thought, I was wondering if Roger Runberg, he's great at developing uh, forwards, but could he develop a, 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 and, and polish up a, a defender? Because as I said, Rasmus Dahlin is, he's Rasmus Dahlin. He, he, he got all the chances he, he wanted. And... Um, he could build from that and, and he was more or less ready at the start of the season. Uh, but, but Jacob had to be polished. He had to be worked with. And, and it has only increased my admir- uh, admiration for, for Roger Renberg and his team, how they have worked with Jacob. And, and I think it's benefited, obviously, Fremda, it's benefited Jacob and it's benefiting LA Kings in the long run. Considering the fact that the rain have like I don't know. I think it's like nine or 10 defensemen and they don't have an ECHL team anymore. It definitely makes sense that the Kings and, and probably Moverar uh, decided that the best course of action was to stay in Europe, get big minutes and just be comfortable in your own skin, so to speak, you know, to be comfortable yeah. in your game. Exactly. And, and I think they, here they see, obviously, he played on a small rink, so they're probably not, like, that can't be used against him either. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you have eight or ten players fighting for those seven spots, and, and obviously you want everyone to play a lot, but that's not happening, that's not how it's coached in, in NHL or, or AHL level, then have him go to Sweden, play 20 minutes a night, it's fine. You get to play on the, on the power play, you get to play on the penalty kill, you get to play five on five and and you learn the trade and and obviously the success from the previous year weighs in in that decision as well now i know that at the beginning of the podcast i said that i wanted to talk about adrian campe mostly i just want to kind of because all we've talked about are the defensemen really so kind of what is Sweden's um, development system like? I was actually really surprised that 
at 19, the Kings decided to bring him over. And then he played a year, a couple years in the AHL. And then he made the NHL. And none of it really tracked with the Kings history, which, which surprised me. Uh, um, just so I guess kind of like the defensemen seem to have a very different style of development than the Fords. I think it's uh, first everyone wants to become a defender nowadays. That's that's the problem. And and what what we do with defenders is that many play center in in, in kid hockey, in PB hockey, and 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 after fifteen they might be playing center, and then you move them down so they get that vision, they get the understanding of the attack as well. They know when to pinch. They don't think they understand the game a lot better, uh, and and that has worked out very very well for for Sweden. Uh, on the other hand, we're losing, uh, we're not getting as many centermen as we did 20 years ago. And this goes in waves. We need a good center to come up and, and Mika Sinibayad might be that center that, that puts the center position in, in spotlight in Sweden again for development. But I know this is being worked on a national level that we need to, we, we, we get good goalies out, we get fantastic defenders out, but now we're lacking in the forward department. 15 years ago, it was the defenders that we didn't get any out. And, and we had all the forwards in the world. But, but so, so now they're looking, what did we do with the defenders and how can we put that over to, to, to forward development? And, and it's gonna come along. I'm not worried about it at all. And we have, we have a great country next to us that, that is doing fantastic work with, with their organization and, and their development system, uh, the fin- Finland. And uh, obviously you look at them, you look at others and, and you take the best bits and see what can work. But Having Finland and Sweden, so it's it's a rivalry since ages, and uh, you look at each other and you push each other forward in many ways, and and I think that's very a, a very healthy relationship. And I know the Finns think so as well. We they say we wouldn't be here if we weren't competing with Sweden and and, and vice versa. So I think this is uh, it's just it's up and downs in life and and in development as well because you have to when something's work, you, you try not to go in and fix it. Uh, so until it's broken, um, you, you don't look at it, but that means other teams and other countries might find other solutions and, and suddenly be better at you. And then you have to play catch up for a while. I feel like, I mean, you kind of already said this, but I feel like it does go in waves. Like centermen in general are really hard to find. And then in terms of at least in drafting, I feel like the center's already at once. And then it's like primarily defensemen. And then there's like, like I, th- I think it was last year, this most recent draft, there were so many defensemen that got taken. And then there were fewer centers slash boards that were taken, at least initially. So it was a very heavy defense draft class. Class. I mean, it all it, it all started with uh, Toronto, uh, with with Detroit uh, throwing everything in 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 for um, cider, right? And uh, and that just broke. Okay, so Detroit went defender. We need a defender as well. And I think some of those defenders that went went a bit early. Uh, Broberg is not a favorite of mine. I think he makes too many defensive mistakes. Uh, I love his offensive output, but you know him and Mac- Connor McDavid is going to be great together. The question is what the other three will do. Probably defend, but but 
offensively, he's he's gifted. But he could also, like Eric Carlson, play winger. Winger, so, so, defenseman, they're the next <laughs> Brent Burns. So, so I think, you know, you, you, you get this. And um, when you see one team uh, go for something, oh, maybe they're onto something. We might also need one. And, and, and you go for it. And, and especially, I think, some of the lower teams after Detroit thought that, you know, um, they, they would be able to get a player of, of another way. And, and, you know, it helped Montreal. We got Cowfield. We're super stoked with that. So, so it's not a problem. But it's, it's, the draft is a lottery. In, in, in its, first, it's a lottery to, to get the draft pick. But also, then it's a lottery of, of where do you put this draft pick. And obviously, they are very secure in their choice. So, so, and I'm an amateur scout, maybe not even that. Uh, I mean, I have an interest in, in development of youth, so I look at it from that point of view, and it takes five to ten years before we sit here with a great answer. And hindsight is always good. It's easier with hindsight, at least. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if you have a similar expression, but in the U.S. we have the expression, hindsight is always twenty twenty, meaning, you know, yeah. it, it's always more clear to see things with the gift of looking back monday morning quarterback whatever you want yeah. to call it you know yeah. yeah yeah it's it's we have a similar expression but yeah it's 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 easier when, when you look back and and have all the correct answers <laughs> yeah well patrick i want to thank you so much for joining me today this has been really interesting to talk about the prospects and and how sweden develops kids and gets them ready for the nhl yeah, it's been a pleasure, and and now I only have thirty minutes to, to, to wait for the Super Bowl to start. So yeah, excellent. Well, enjoy your Super Bowl Monday. <laughs> Thank you very much, have, and and it's been a pleasure to be here, Robin, and uh, I'm happy to to join up another time, maybe with some uh, quotes from uh, Jacob and uh, Samuel. Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you. <laughs>